With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I hate me saying this because you used to hate me saying stuff like this. I also don't think it gets given if Jack Grealish is playing for Villa against Manchester City. I can't believe that VAR didn't look at it. I can see why it's been given a little bit, but I don't think it is a penalty and it's one that's left a sour taste in Villa fans' mouth. I find it quite sad to think of a time when Tyrone Mings isn't at Aston Villa. and Because he feels very much a part of the furniture now. And I think he, he, he really understands the fabric of the club, doesn't it? I think he gets the supporters. Um, supporters have a, a mixed opinion of his playing ability, I think. But I think universally he's, he's really well liked. If I was the Villa team, I'd fancy playing Arsenal more than I'd fancy playing Man City at this point. The 1874 Show, by the Villa View. 1874 Show with Dan Bardell and Greg Evans. If you are watching on YouTube, it's pretty apparent that it's the 1874 Show because it is the biggest logo that you can get on YouTube. Greg, you're fresh from getting back from Manchester. You were at the game yesterday in the press boxes ever. Disastrous first half for, for Aston Villa Football Club, really. But to be fair, shoots of recovery in the second half and at least ended on a positive you cannot play in any team in the manner that Villa did in the first half, at least not the reigning champions. Yeah, yeah it was a long day, actually, Dan. I forgot what away days were like. Um, <laughs> cause I've, I've You've been on a perm- permanent away day in, in Thailand, you have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, no, f- first one back for me for a while. Um, did did feel like a long day. It was about 15, 16 hour shift and not, not usually like that when uh, when it's so close. But um, anyway, uh, another another disappointing day for Villa. I always seem to pick the bad ones whenever I'm at the games. They always lose. I mean, there's, a, there's, back, there's a lot of there's a lot of bad ones away. over the years, Greg. There's a lot of bad ones over, over the years, to be fair, that you could have gone to. But yeah, that is the first away defeat for a while. Yeah, I missed I missed the three the three victories. It's it's quite annoying. I I love writing about victories. I hate writing about defeats, but um, I've got used to it over the years. So yeah, I, I thought it was really poor the first half. You know, the worst I've seen Villa for a long time. Um, and in a year where it's been a little bit harder for Man City to pick up results, um, they probably had their easiest forty five minutes of the season as well. So 
Uh, I think it was a combination of everything. You know, the fans were right behind them because of uh, the week that they that they had had. Uh, the players were really up for it, and it was a really fun Manchester City lineup, wasn't it? I mean, you know, I, I, I liked the fact that they didn't play with the left back; they played with the three centre halves. They used Bernardo um, Bernardo Silva as a an additional midfielder, and when you've got five quality midfielders like that, it's it's always going to be tough. And, and Villa found it really hard. Yeah, I looked at that team. Their team won before the game. And then I saw the Villa team as well. And my confidence severely dropped at the moment. Those those teams dropped at, at 3.30pm. And like you say, I think in some ways Villa were on for a hiding to nothing because I do think whoever Manchester City have been playing yesterday, they may have probably got a, got a result just because of by virtue of what's happened in, in the last week. A reaction to the Spurs game. De Bruyne comes back in the side. I think he had a point to prove after being left out of the game prior as well. So I did, I did feel like this is going to be a difficult day anyway. But then Villa just have this habit sometimes of making life more difficult for themselves. And really, that was what put Manchester City ahead and, and gave them control of that game in the first half was the fact that Villa just did really didn't do anything that, that well defensively and just gifted the game to them. A follow-on from the Leicester game, if you like, as well. It was really poor, wasn't it? Because you think of how bad the 90 minutes was against Leicester and then the, the first 45 minutes against Manchester City. So you combine the two together and we were saying... Surely Villa can't make that many mistakes in a game again as they did in the Leicester game. But they took that into the first half against Man City. They were really poor, more individual mistakes. Um, first goal was poor, second goal was horrendous, third, third goal was, uh, you know, the penalty. So unfortunate in some ways, but, you know, a penalty. So just a really difficult day, a really difficult first half. And, and you know, we, we forget that Emmy Martinez made two brilliant saves as well. So if Villa were 5-0 down at the break, it wouldn't have been unjust. No, and that first goal, the, the corner. I mean, Villa actually, to their credit, had a great first minute because we went, 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 <laughs> went, on, the, went on the attack and, and, and Leon Bailey fluffed his lines a little bit, didn't probably make the most of that opportunity. But it was a positive start and you thought, OK, there might be some space here for Villa to operate and they might be able to take advantage of Manchester City's high line. But when you, I imagine you've planned all week to keep it tight, keep the score down, keep it at nil-nil for as long as possible and try and plan the break. The last thing you want to do is concede off that first set piece. Now, you'll probably know no more than me. There was a lot of stuff popping up on the Sky Sports grid about Villa being one of the worst teams conceding from set pieces. I think only Bournemouth had conceded more than Villa prior to the game. But I would say I think that all came under the previous regime. I don't think any of that had come under Unai Emery. So it hadn't really been a problem under Unai Emery so far. But the first corner against Manchester City, and it's that man again, Rodri, who just always seems to score against Villa. That's four or five goals now he scored against Villa since he, he arrived in, in Manchester and played for Manchester City. The alarming thing for me is just that there's a severe lack of physicality in that Villa side without Tyra Mings. And when you look at that corner coming in, you see who's marking all the Manchester City giants. You can't feel like there's, there's always going to be a problem. And physicality just feels like something that Villa have neglected over their whole return to the Premier League. Yeah, I think it was disappointing um, from Bubakar Kamara again, wasn't it? It felt like he was, um, Rodri was his man and he just lost that runner. Um, I, look, I, I don't know the, the the specific instructions that are asked of them at, uh, from um, from set, uh, defending set pieces. You know, maybe we can try and go into a bit more detail with that with Unai Emery at his next at his next press conference um, or if it continues to be a theme as you say Dan I don't think it's been much of a problem really no. in, in more in more pre, in previous games um, but look clearly they got this one wrong they, they left Rodri he 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 ran around the, the, the defence and, and got almost a free header because 
Kamara was nowhere near him um, in the end. And yeah, I think Villa are a weaker defensive unit when Tyrone Mings isn't playing. Um, I think he wins a lot of first contacts from corners, so that's what makes him uh, a really useful player in that back line. And and they missed him a little bit yesterday. I feel like we're always getting on to Callum Chambers because every, every time he seems to play, he makes a mistake, doesn't he? But if you take that mistake out... Um, maybe I'm being a little bit too kind to him, but I thought his second half was a little bit better. But then he wasn't up against Harlem, was it on that no. on that half? So it was a tough day for, for for Chambers. You know, it's hard to come in when you haven't played too many games, uh, and then go to the Etihad and, and yeah, it's terrible. Best. But but you know, the header was it was ugly, wasn't it? For that second yeah. goal, really ugly. Um, so yeah, bit bit of work for Villa to do defensively, I think. I mean, we're going to come on to Tyrone Mings later on in the show, but I just feel like one centre-half being out shouldn't be that critical to, to what you do defensively. It's almost like Chambers, is, you probably say, is Conser's backup because they, I feel the, like they're similar the, types of defenders, the aren't fourth, they? Is the, yeah. If you're looking at it, if you're looking at it, you know, he's the fourth-choice centre-half in a mid-table Premier League team. He's so, probably fit, I would probably say he's fit for purpose for that role. I don't think Villa are going to get better than that as a fourth-choice centre-half for where they are. But I think where the problem lies is he's not a similar type of defender to Tyrone Mings, and Conser's not really the same as, as Tyrone Mings either. They kind of tend to complement more each other. Diego Carlos being out since the start of the season is an absolute disaster because you feel like he might have been that that physical presence for when Mings doesn't play. So when Mings isn't there at the moment, not that we're blessed with loads of bodies in defence anyway, there isn't that big commanding centre-half to come in. And Manchester City are good at a lot of things. But they're very good on the physical side of the games as well. They've got a lot of six foot plus players in that team. So you, as I say, you were watching that ball come in, and you you just knew there was danger. You knew you knew there was trouble. Unless Emmy, it's into an area where Emmy Martinez is going to come and get it, you think that team's going to struggle to clear the lines because there's just no size in it whatsoever. And I, I just think that's a really unusual situation for a Premier League team to be in that you take one player out. And there's literally no no physical presence. There's no there's no big man in that team without that one player. I, I can't think of another team that, that has got that problem. It's difficult, isn't it? Because that you know they've lost fifty percent of their of, of the, of the centre backs. You know, they've literally lost half of the back line in Carlos and, and Mings. So it's not just taking Mings out of the equation. It's taking Carlos and Mings out of the equation, isn't it? Um, I, I agree. I think Villa are slightly. You know, a slightly small group when you look at it. Ashley Young at, at fullback, Luca Dean. You know, he, he's quite slight, isn't he? Not necessarily mm. short. Um, maybe, maybe Matt Cash has a bit more of a physical presence to him when he plays. But, but yeah, it, you know, the, the, they've lost two centre halves. So you've got to look at it. If you're a, it's easy. It's easier to build a squad with four really good centre backs. If you're in, if you're playing European football, because you can swap them every week. You know, you're in the cup competitions. You're playing regularly in the Carabao Cup, the FA Cup, uh, or the Europa League or the Champions League. So when you're signing players, you can say to them, "Well, you're going to play 20 games this season, minimum. You mm. might be playing 40, and you can attract much better quality um, players." Whereas with, for Villa, they're, they're they're not competing in Europe, so. They really need. They probably need three really good centre halves, and and maybe they have that in Carlos Mings and and Konza, But your fourth and perhaps even fifth choice, it's going to be really difficult to convince them to come, um, if they're already at a certain level because that they're obviously going to want to play. So, in Callum Chambers, as you say, I think that's probably as good as as Villa are going to get. You know, somebody who's experienced, he's, he's played in the Premier League. Um, 
you know, he's made a lot of appearances over over the years. Yes, he's he's made a few mistakes, but the other option is trying one of the young trying one of the young lads. And Villa had still Swinkles on the bench, you know, a nineteen year old who who they who they signed uh, just before the Brexit rules. And you know that that's the alternative. So that's where you're at, unfortunately, when you lose two you. Best yeah, and the, se- the second goal from Chambers, look, it, it's a mistake. I'm not, I'm not going to dress it up any other way. It was almost that the the thought of Haaland and just, just the thought of him, him being there made Callum Chambers a little bit indecisive. And when you're indecisive at the highest level and you make a mistake like he did, you're probably going to get punished. And in his defence, I think there was time for Villa to recover it, but they, but they just didn't. And the balls come across the goal and Gundogan ended up knocking it in a little bit like he did last season in the, in the, in the Manchester City game away from home. But you've, you, you know, you're then 2-0 down and you you failed at that point. There's, there's no way back for Villa. You've let in two really sloppy, poor goals and, and it's a long way back and it's, it's already a bad day at the office. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you look at the last game of, of last season, Villa were 2-0 up and there probably wasn't one Villa supporter in the stadium confident that, that Villa were going to go and run out winners. So when you're 2-0 down against Man City, it's, it's over, isn't it? There's just... There is just no way back. Um, I do think the second, I don't know we'll get on to it, but I do think the second half performance was a little bit better. Um, yeah. I feel like that the Emery tried to make the, the changes that he could. You know, he brought the five players on, the five senior players that he had on on, a, on the bench um, and, and tried to make things different. OK, City sat off a little bit. They took off Haaland and rested him. They took off Grealish and rested him. So uh, it became a little bit easier. And clearly they weren't as fired up to go and get get the goals lot in the second Job half. Job was done, wasn't it? it? It was over, wasn't it? It's typical City. You know, they, they can relax and, and think of the game on Wednesday against Arsenal. But um, it was a bit more positive from Villa at least. But yeah, you just can't be ever performing that badly um, in a period of 35 to 45 minutes against any of the top six teams because they're all going to punish you. Yeah, and we saw it last week against Leicester, who are probably a bottom six side at the mo- at the moment as well. If you make mistakes, teams in the Premier League will, will punish you. And it was a little bit of a follow on in that way, which was that that was a little bit disappointing because we hoped that the Leicester game was a bit of an anomaly in terms of the making mistakes. I, I expected to lose to Manchester City. It was not a surprise one bit. The score three one actually was a score I predicted on on other other podcasts, Premier League podcasts that, that I do. But it's sometimes the manner in which Villa lose games, and you two 0 down, two bad goals. The last thing you need is a penalty going against you as well and that's that's exactly what happened I mean probably been waiting for Grealish to to have a sustained game against us because it hasn't really happened yeah 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 well, yeah he didn't even didn't even come on in uh in, the, in the, that game last season did he so we've been waiting for it waiting for him to have an impact at some point and, and he did you know he's on good form for Manchester City at the moment he's been one of their better players through this stodgy run that they've had I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a penalty. I also don't. You, you're gonna hate me saying this because you used to hate me saying stuff like this. I also don't think it gets given if Jack Grealish is playing for Villa against Manchester City. I can't believe that VAR didn't look at it. I can see why it's been given a little bit, but I, I don't think it, it is a penalty, and it's one that's left a sour taste in Villa fans' mouth. I think it gets given if it's um, if it's a, if it's if he's playing for Villa. I, I thought Jack you really would disagree is. with me. <laughs> we haven't missed this, have we? No. <laughs> I mean, look, Villa fans surely know that that they've watched Jack Grealish for so many years. This is the style that he plays. Um, he's won a lot of fouls for, for Villa in a in a similar way over the years, and, and has been very beneficial 
um, in the in the games that you know the playoff games when when Aston Villa got promoted. Um, Jack Grealish's style of play has helped Aston Villa out of the Championship um, and then establish themselves as a, as a Premier League club. So I don't I don't see why there's any uh, surprise in in the way in the way he plays and the way he um, performs. I thought he was excellent yesterday. I thought take take away the the um, um, the, the the penalty because obviously you know Villa fans are going to be thinking well as he you know he's he's fully played for that, but that's within his right, isn't it? You know that's how he won so many so many fouls for Villa in the past. His performance alone, I thought he was excellent. I thought um, re- was really looking forward to seeing him play actually because. He'd missed. He hadn't started the three previous games against Villa. Uh, I think he'd only played something like six or seven minutes against Villa. So, um, was looking forward to seeing how he played. And and yeah, I thought thought he was excellent. He gave probably Ashley Young the the, the toughest time that he's had this season, uh, and was unlucky not to score, wasn't he? It was a good save for Martinez. Yeah, I think look, look I think the reaction to it from Villa fans is, is over the top. If I'm being honest, I, I, there's always going to be hurt around Greenish because because of, of how much he, he was loved and how much people would have wanted him to stay. I don't think there's a player that was as universally liked by this fan base ever in in my time supporting the club. You know, every player there'll be some that don't rate them, and there's everyone rated Jack Grealish. Everyone loved Jack Grealish. At the end of the day, he's doing a job. He plays for Manchester City now. His job as a professional is to go out and do his best and try and win the game for his team, for Manchester City. They're his team now. And and that's what he's done, what he's done. But I still, I just don't think it's a penalty because I think there is a little bit of contact, but it isn't that contact that knocks him down with Ramsey, the kind of, it's a very brief tangle of legs. It isn't that that knocks him down. He trips himself up and that that's the bit that, not, that knocks him down and not, knocks him to the floor. I just find it bizarre that VAR don't even look at it. And as soon as the ref gives it, even if they did look at it, to be honest, they're going to give that penalty because they're not going to say it's a clear, a clear and obvious error. So, I just, but I just think it, I just think it wasn't a penalty, and I completely take your point of well, you used to do that all the time for us, and we never used to complain about it. Completely take your point. I don't remember us ever getting penalties for it. We got a hell of a lot of free kicks from it, but I can't remember us ever really getting getting penalties from, from this situation. But in all honesty, you know, if that had been the first goal, I'd have probably been a lot more upset by it. But it's the third. It's the third goal. We've not been very good anyway. It's kind of sealed again. It was already sealed. If, if, if that makes sense, and I don't dwell on it too much because we did it last night on the on the post on the post match point. But I knew me and you wouldn't agree whether it whether it was a penalty or not. Let's move. Oh, well, second half. No, let's not move away from the game because there was a second half as well. And like you said, Villa. There's a few positives in that second half. First positive. I think all five subs that came on gave the manager something to think about for next week. And when we're talking about this time when Villa don't have a massive squad, there still is effective Premier League players to, to bring off the bench. And I thought Duran as well. I think that's two decent cameos from him now. And he was very unfortunate not to score. Yeah, I thought he offered a little bit more than, than Leon Bailey uh, when he came on. I'm very unlucky with that shot against the crossbar. That would have given him some confidence, wouldn't it? And yeah, we... He doesn't look like he's lacking confidence in all honesty. From what I've said, no, no, I think you're right. I don't think he does. I think it would have just given him that extra boost, you know, to believe that that he, he can go and do it in 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 this league, and and that you know that um, that a start might be a little bit closer rather than just coming off the bench. Uh, you know, Emery's been asked about him in in almost every press conference, and he sounds a little bit excited by him, but he keeps reiterating the same message: I need to work with him tactically. Uh, so it'd be interesting to know exactly what he what he wants from him that he's perhaps not seen or doesn't think he can get at this point. Um, I hope he doesn't suck, I hope he doesn't suck too much of his um, free spirit out of him because he's clearly got that. Um, 
But look, I think we have to back Emery as as an elite coach to, to to go and get the best to go and get the best out of him. But yeah, uh, it'd be interesting to see how he develops. Yeah, because I think I think he's had a couple of bright appearances now. Um, probably not quite ready for a start, you wouldn't think. But then he's, saying could that, be, could he's, be a useful he's impact. Bailey doing enough. Yeah, you know, he's Bailey doing enough to to suggest that he should can continue starting. Let's uh, um, in terms of the other. The other substitutes that came on, John McGinn, I thought, put himself about. Was very surprised that he didn't start. I thought Same. that would have been ideal for him. You know, that would have been the perfect start for him. Um, perhaps reduce, pull, pull off one of the more attacking players and put him in the middle. It might have helped and um, tighten things up. Certainly with with Man City playing five in midfield. Um, although Emery wouldn't have known that before. And something I also found out about Emery, he played against Guardiola thirteen times and has never never won. Yeah, which, uh, which I mean, I, I know it's always going to be difficult because of the 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 level of team that that Guardiola manages, but that must be frustrating him for sure. That's nine um, defeats now, isn't it? For Emery nine against, defeats against four, it will be now four nine draws, defeats, four draws. Yeah, that's it. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, disappointing for him. And and look, you know, Emery loves play, loves being back in the Premier League. He he wants to um, pit himself against the real best coaches in the division. That's what really fires him up. Um, you know, it, it was difficult for him to leave Villarreal after taking them into the Champions League semi-final. Okay, the, the the next season wasn't going exactly to plan, but it was Villa's you know project that they sold him. Come here, we, we've got grand plans, big ambitious owners um, who are willing to fund the years ahead. But Emery came back with a personal mission of his own to rebuild his reputation. Um, you know, after the the miserable end at, at Arsenal, so. Days like yesterday were ones that he was really looking forward to, to sort of to to show that he's still this elite manager and for people in England to recognise him. So he was a little bit downbeat after the game, you know, very, very, a little bit shorter with his answers. Um, so, yeah, I think he was feeling it a bit. Do you think he, um, do you think he got anything wrong per se yesterday? Because, you mean, know, we talk about the defence. Yeah, he didn't really have choice. Moreno have played again? Because I'm, I'm just Luca Dean at the moment. He's not offering anything either way for Villa at the moment for me, going forwards or going backwards. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm not sure if, I'm not sure be, purely because I haven't seen him enough whether Moreno can be any better defensively than Luca Dean at the I moment. I just think at least he offers something going forwards, which Luca Dean isn't doing anything for Villa yeah. going forwards at the moment. Moreno looks alive while coming forwards, maybe in that Leicester cameo for his second half. Yeah, he offered something. He was popping up high up the pitch. He was always an outlet. Yeah, both times, isn't it? I mean, but both times Villa are chasing the game, or you know they're down and, and they have to go in attack. So it'd be interesting to see what he'd be like from the start again. He's only had one start, hasn't he? The Leeds game. Uh, sorry, the hey, Southampton. Southampton. Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came up, came off the bench against Leeds early on. But um, yeah, I mean that's something they've. You know, it's a bit of a dilemma, isn't it, for Emery now? Who who he plays in in either position? Uh, um, sorry, at the left back position. But yeah, I think he gave it a go, didn't he? He brought all the five senior players off the bench and tried to change it. Just didn't quite work. Yeah, you mentioned Bailey. I thought he's so up and down, but at the at the moment it's more down than up. Unfortunately, there just there isn't any level of consistency to his game at all. And you know, there's there's a player there. You've actually been writing about about Leon Bailey and Wendy and actually universally Danny Ings as well. The three that were brought in to replace Jack Grealish in your piece that's gone out on the Athletic this morning. I feel I haven't got much bang for their book, really, with, with, with those signings. And they need a little bit more from Wendell and Bailey for the amount they paid for them, really, now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was pointed out to me by uh, by quite a few fans in the comments section and on Twitter today that, that Wendell was actually signed before 
Grealish came, um, which yeah, I knew what was coming. Of course, I do know, but you know, Grealish was Grealish was always leaving that summer, and I think it can be widely accepted. Um, you know, when uh, when we're talking about the Grealish sale, the hundred million pounds, the the money was used to buy Danny Ings, Emmy Buendia, and Leon Bailey. We, we well, Christian Perslow himself that, said. Christian Perslow said the three players, but we've replaced yeah, Grealish so. with three players in the interview we did for Villa TV. Exactly. So you know, the so, chief exec you know, said it. Exactly. So, look, you know, we're talking a widely, you know, a bit widely about it. So, I think, okay, Danny Ings didn't quite work. We'll, we'll, we'll take him first. I think Villa got a very good deal selling him on for potentially fifteen million pounds. You know, to take a ten million pound hit on a on a thirty one year old who had he scored, I think, fourteen goals in in four nearly fifty appearances. So he did play a part. In, key, in helping Villa establish themselves as a Premier League club, still and look, you know, it was the second, second and third season, third and fourth season uh, that he joined. Prem, I think this is our fourth season, isn't it? Now, so it was his third, third season he joined. Third and fourth season, yeah. yeah. So look, there's still a threat of relegation, as 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 ambitious as Villa are. Um, you know, first and foremost, they need to survive, and Danny Ings' goals did help in that respect. So. I think Villa were quite happy with the deal that they got for that. So, look, £15 million that they'll probably get from, from West Ham if, that, if they survive this season. £12 million if they go down. Um, that money will be put towards a new striker and Villa will get a new striker in the summer. Um, the key is now trying to find whether Bailey and Buendia can, can, can be really consistent performers for Emery. Um, the issue with Bailey is Villa use him so often. He's the player that they look for for a, for a, for a change of pace, for an attacking spark. Um, he's the one that dribbles the most, you know, the most progressive carries in in any of the team. Uh, sorry, in in the team, he receives the most progressive passes. So, if that player that is so heavily used and relied upon is not performing, then the attacking element of of the team are going to fall down. I think his his cold hard statistics are not too bad. He scored four goals and made and, and set up two others. So you can compare him to, to some of the other wingers in the Premier League, the likes of Anthony Gordon. Um Jaden Sancho maybe maybe not a great example because he, he struggled. Damari Gray, um side Ben Rama. Uh, Raheem Sterling had a little bit of an in, indifferent start before his injury to, to his time at Chelsea. Wingers typically blow hot and cold, and, and Bailey's numbers aren't that bad. I think the issue is we, we're just not seeing him play very well, are we, very often? He's not having a consistent run of games. And you could probably name the genuinely eye-catching games that he's had on one hand, couldn't you? But I'm struggling to even... I think about I can think about games where he's impacted and he scored a, scored a goal. The, the Leeds game, I think he was good against Leeds at Villa, at Villa Park, he, he scored and he was involved in the second goal. So, you know, that's a, that's a, good, that's a good performance. Yeah. But like you say, you're, like, you're right, it is just one hand. But I can, I can think of good moments rather than good games. And that's starting to concern me a little, a little bit with, with him now, is that he is the outlet. He is someone that, that Villa look for. And sometimes he gets the ball and he just his, his touch will be terrible or he'll make a great first touch and you think, here we go. And then his second touch is absolutely woeful. He'll run into the defender and, and just offer nothing. And I think Villa are at the point now where you could kind of, last season he was in and out the team. So you would think, well, he'd have no, and, and he had injuries. There's no real run there to, to get anything going. But we're now seeing those same kind of performances when he's playing every week. And I, I think when you're playing every week, the excuses kind of run out for you a little bit. And Villa aren't the same terrible outfit they were under Gerard either. There is signs of promise going forwards now. They've scored in every game, I think. 
since Emery's, Emery's come in as well. So Villa are a productive side now under Emery, whereas they just didn't yeah. know like where the goal was under Steven Gerrard. So that's starting to concern me now because he is playing every week and we don't look terrible going forward, yet I'm still seeing a lot more games where he doesn't influence the game at all than I am good games. I mean, it would be pleasing for him that he's 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 now recorded more. I think he's doubled the amount of minutes that he, he must played have played last season in this season already, and there's still yeah, he will have done. games to go. So, I mean, that would be good for him on a personal note. And 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 look, you know, you, you want your players fit, and and you don't want to be giving them those excuses. Um, but yeah, I think that you look at it yesterday, and it was just. He intercepted that pass from Kyle Walker, didn't he? He had a lovely, great chance to to go and to go and do something creative. And then Ruben Diaz, I think it was just, just just sort of crunched through him and 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 won the ball off him with with ease, really. And you mm-hmm. just think those are the moments where Villa really need their best players to to, to be making an impact. And it, okay, it's only one moment, but when you play City, those moments are few and far between. Um, so yeah, I think there's a bit of work to do still with with, with the forward line. Uh, we know they're going to we know they're going to be um, we know they're going to address it in the summer, um, but it would be useful to try and get a bit more out of Bailey and Buendia in these in these final few weeks. Yeah, I'm just like, looking back now over previous transfer windows and stuff, and forward players that Villa have bought since they've returned to the Premier League can only really th- I can only really think of Ollie Watkins, who you would say was a success. And Villa fans, some Villa fans would ask questions of him, which I would completely disagree with. But he's the only person I can think the Villa have signed as a forward player since they've returned to the Premier League that has yeah, been a success. I, yeah, I think you, a, a real success. Yeah, Watkins. I mean, you, you can you can. You who can would be what, next? Who would you? Who would can, be next? Well, look, you can you can say Al Ghazi scored a fair few important goals. Oh, I suppose I wasn't counting. I wasn't counting him. I suppose because he was already with them in the Championship. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree very, with that. Very he, good side. Yeah. To to a lesser extent, Trezeguet scored some really important goals as well. But look, we all know if we're saying Trezeguet is, you know, this all action brilliant player. If that's our if that's our top three, whether there has been then we're we're, 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 you know we're lying a little bit, aren't we? But he did score important goals, so you do need to get contributions from your players, and 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 he did. Um, I think Bertrand Traore had some moments as well, didn't he, in his first season? Um, and you still, still can say he's a qualified success, though, would you? I guess not. A, not a major success, no, no. But look, he he helped the club establish themselves in the Premier League, so that's still important. Um, you know, scored important goals, had a, had a few had a few good moments. Coutinho hasn't quite worked, although I think he's come off the bench and looked decent in the last couple. He'll of start weeks. next week, I think. Yeah, we're back to the old Cam Wendier and Coutinho start again together. I think they will next week <laughs> against Arsenal. I think Bailey will come out for Coutinho. That's my personal opinion of what I think might happen. Mm, interesting. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you look back at the the other signings: Wesley, Samata, Borja, Baston. Um, okay, he needs must at those times. But yeah, it hasn't been great for Villa up front. They they could do with they could do with making sure they get the next ones right. Yeah, the next one's pivotal actually for them because that's a hell of a lot of players they've brought in not to be successful as as front players. I mean, Villa have been very hit and miss with transfers anyway since since they returned to Premier League. I think that first window there was always going to be a, a little bit of a case of that happening when you sign so many players. There's absolutely no way that they're all going to be great. But I'm just disappointed they haven't built on that one summer transfer window where I felt it was a good window. You know, got Martinez, Cash, and Watkins who were all good signings. 
they've not built on on that since, and that that's the disappointing thing because they they have just thrown money at the wall really and not got a, a lot in return for that. It's still time for Troy or I guess he might come in the second half of the season and make some form of of impact for us. But at the moment, the questions are starting to be asked with with recruitment now. There hasn't been a successful forward yeah. player since Watkins, and that's a fair while ago now. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, you know, the the, the recruitment department in in general, um, I think has got some. I think has got some of the some of the recruit uh, some of the signings right and some of them wrong. And look, I think in football, if you get fifty sixty percent, typically that's what that clubs say. If you can get fifty or sixty percent right, then then you're doing okay. If you can get slightly higher than that, then you're doing exceptionally well. You know, there was a long there was a time for a long period where Liverpool got pretty much everything right, wasn't it? And, yeah. and they were the club that everybody was looking at. And basing themselves on um, hasn't quite gone to plan for them in, in more recent windows. So these things happen. Um, Arsenal had a had a period where they kept getting players wrong, didn't they? If you remember, they spent so much on Nicolas Pepe, just as one example. Um, if we're still sticking at wingers and wide players, um, seems to have got a little bit better in more recent years. So it's just it's just ups and downs. And and the difficulty with Villa is they've they've chopped and changed managers quite often in 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 in, in more recent years. You know. When when they got rid of Dean Smith, I mean, look, Dean Smith wanted to play two strikers, so that's one of the reasons that that why Danny Ings came, um, and and he wanted a partner for for Ollie Watkins. Unfortunately, it just didn't quite work out, did it? You know, but mm. it, it was worth giving it a go. And and when you look at Ings' history, um, I don't think any but any Villa fan really thought, oh no, this is this is a bit of a no. Nah, I, 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 I was I was happy I was happy I was happy with it. So, Villa fans exactly. had wanted an alternative striker, and that's what they got. Exactly. So it's like you know, if, if the if the if the entire fan base was happy when Danny Ings was arriving, then that's the reason why the recruitment team have, have sort of selected him because it's uh, a pretty safe option. And you know, if things happen after that, really out of out of the club's control. But. Um, when Gerard came, obviously he wanted his players. Coutinho was a player that was was solely signed for the manager, um, and that's going to be the same with Emery now. He's going to want his his own striker at some point. So these are the things that happen when when managers come and go. Um, but yeah, I think look, Villa need to probably learn from some of their mistakes uh, and just make sure they get it right. I think I'd almost forgive it a little bit more if I felt like there was an overarching or overarching, sorry, strategy with Villa, transfer strategy. I don't know what Villa's transfer strategy is. I mean, Brighton, it's very defined, isn't it? I know they're a bit of an anomaly. Brighton, it's very defined what, what they do. You, you know what they're doing. Even what, you know what Newcastle have done since since their ownership's changed. Arsenal, you mentioned, you mentioned them, you know, that their recent transfers have been a success. It's because there's a, a defined identity of player that they're looking at. I still don't really know what what Villa's identity is. It just feels like like a mix where at one point we were signing players who were under the age of, of, of 27 and trying to get them to build up. We signed a couple of players, obviously, from the Championship who I think have improved and gone up in value. Martinez has obviously gone, gone up in value. But more recently, it seems a bit of a mishmash, but I suppose, like you say, I guess maybe that does come when, you, when you've had three different managers in the space of 18 months. Yeah, it's appeasing managers, isn't it? You know, players, uh, players want to, uh, managers want certain players or certain positions filled. I think the the two real club signings that that have been made in recent windows are are Kamara and uh, Duran. So if you're looking at a, a little bit of a model from what the the club are trying to do away from a manager, then uh, those are two real key ones because they've spent a lot of time uh, on on trying to get both of them in. Had you know multiple clubs 
um, also competing to sign them, but have but have done really well to actually get them in on, yeah. on pretty good deals as well. So, um, but you just know that the next window it's going to be very heavily led by Unai Emery. Which you know I'm fine with because I want Unai Emery to have the tools at his disposal and the players that, that he wants because I think he's a great coup for Villa and a great pickup for Villa from a, from a manager. Really, I don't think we had any right to go and get someone of, of his quality off the back of what we'd done under Gerard and where we were sat in the league. Bearing in mind Emery turned down Newcastle twelve months before as well, I think that's a brilliant managerial pickup from 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 the board. So, so fair play to them. You know, I say they've got a lot wrong over the last twelve to eighteen months. You know, they've got a few things right as well, and I, I don't dispute that. Got Douglas Louise tied up to a, to a new contract as, as well, which is a positive because I think he's an effective player for Villa and a good operator in midfield for Villa now. But I want to talk to you about Tyra Mings's contract situation. We saw the impact at the club when he doesn't play in a game yesterday against Manchester City. He's now got around 16 months left on, it, on his contract, Tyra Mings. Is there any inkling with, with what's going on there? Because that would be one I'd, I'd be wanting the club to look at me personally because everyone knows how highly I think of him. Is it one that you think will get sorted out? What do you think is going on there? First of all, shall I put my light on? Because it's getting a bit dark. Yeah, outside. you probably should, Greg. It's getting, it's getting a bit dark. You go, you go, you go and put your light first. on. Put your light on. It's a great, unbelievable content, Greg, putting his light on. Uh, okay, we're back. We're back. He's back. Yeah. 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 It's it's a question that Unai Emery's already been asked. Um, are the club thinking about extending it? What are the thoughts around it? Um, you know, is he wanted for the long term? I find it quite sad to think of a time when Tyro Mings isn't at Aston Villa. Sorry. And because he feels very much a part of the furniture now. And I think he, he, he really understands the fabric of the club, doesn't he? I think he gets the supporters. Um, supporters have a uh, mixed opinion of his playing ability, I think. But I think universally he's, he's really well liked. Um, a great ambassador for the club. I think he's still the best defender that, that Villa have got. Same. I say that be because probably I haven't seen enough of Diego Carlos to know whether he's better than him yet. Well, he's not um, playing in the league, has he? So you can't judge and exactly. say he's better so than Tara Mings. Tara Mings is proven. So you can't say. Um, so, yeah, I think Villa are worse when, when he doesn't play. Um, but I, as far as I'm aware, there, there, are, there are no talks at this point. I mean, what I would say is Villa have been pretty good in keeping the players that they want to keep. In, the, in, in, in more recent years. Okay, they lost Jack Grealish, but maybe a little bit different. But the players they've really wanted to keep, they've managed to tie down to longer-term deals. Kept Douglas Louise at the club where, where, where it was at a time where you thought he might be moving on. Um, Emmy Martinez signed a long-term deal, Matt Cash. Um, a couple of others, I think. It's been, it wasn't that long ago since I felt like Ming's got an extension. Concerts had a, had a contract yeah, in McGinn, the last couple of years. One, McGinn did, yeah. Um, so, look, you know, they, they've done very well in keeping the players that they want to keep here. Uh, so, it'll be a conversation that, that, that will probably take place maybe in the summer. I think there's no immediate rush. You know, there's another there's another season there. Um, and, and, and Ming's is no spring chicken anymore. What's he going to be when he, when he leaves his contract? Will he be 30? 30, 31. Hmm. 31. So, I mean, look, still a good age. And, you know, you've got to think maybe Tyra Mings might want um, uh, another experience or another adventure somewhere else. So it's it's going to be a conversation that he will have alongside his representatives and the club, um, possibly in the summer, but then leading into next season. I would like to see him stay for, for a little bit longer. You know, I, I think it, I think having him at the club is great. Um, if he continues to be Villa's first or second choice defender, great. If he's the third choice defender, even better, because that means that, that Villa have signed two really good quality centre-halves. And, and it's going to take a lot of money 
to sign to sign um, a centre half that's better than him. But that will mean that Villa are, are meaning serious business if they're if they're able to find a, a centre back that's better than Mings because he's at a pretty good level already. I'd say. Yeah, I'm going to caveat this by saying everyone knows <clears throat> I absolutely adore Tyrone Mings. Absolutely love what he brings to the football club, but. The fact that him and Conte are almost still playing, just to play devil, devil's advocate here, that's the third, I mean, arguably it's the fourth season in a row now where that's the centre-half partnership. Now, I know Carlos has been injured, he would have played. But that again shows that we've not really moved moved on, if that makes sense, if you've got the same centre-half partnership for four years. Like the way you get better is Conte and Mings over time would become third, then fourth centre-backs because every time you bring a player in, you should be bringing someone in who's an, who really is an improvement on what you've already got. And that's, I want Mings to stay. I think he's Villa's best defender still, the, the same as you. But over time, as he gets older, a bit like Matip's probably going to be faced with a terrible example because Liverpool are awful at the moment. But Matip has been Liverpool's first choice centre-half. But they've got Canato, who they've bought, and Matip will slowly become the third, then the fourth centre-half. That's what I'd like Villa to do with, with Tyra Mings. He's number one centre-half for the next couple of years, in, in my opinion, because I, I think he's he's brilliant. But then over time, you keep him at the club. So you've got that good option when when there's an injury, which Villa don't have at the moment, a strong option to bring in. That's how you get better. I'm surprised Villa have let it get. I know you're saying there's no rush, and I understand that. I'm surprised they don't often let it get to to 16 months with, with the contract. I suppose Louise got to around the same time, didn't he, before yeah, he signed got, their contract? Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't believe there's, there's any major rush at, at this point. I think that... You know, if you get to the summer and it continues after that, then questions will start to be asked. Um, but you, they're, they're going to be private conversations between Tyrone, his representatives, and the club, aren't they? We're not going to know too much about it um, until the time when when those conversations take place. Um, and look, you know, I, I don't do this. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, perhaps this might be an option. But as much as Mings loves playing for Aston Villa, and I've interviewed him a few times, and 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 he said that every single time. He might not want to stay as as a as a as a backup defender if that ever becomes the case. Um, and yeah, the, just to take your point on on, on Conza and Mings playing for the for the last three or four seasons, Villa did definitely address that, didn't they, in the last week? Yeah, it's what, unfortunate probably, the Carlos it's stuff. Just unfortunate that he's been out for so long because Carlos was highlighted as a player that was going to really push those two and probably would have found his way in. Yeah, disappointing. Aren't we? It's been a disastrous season. The first few months of the season were a disaster in a lot of ways, but I, I just kind of a sliding doors moment. That I'd have liked to have seen how Villa's defence would have got on with Diego Carlos. Because I think I don't think he had an easy time his, his first few games, but I think that, that's the case with anyone. Great, was it? No, that's the case with anyone. I mean, that t- whole team selection that day was an absolute disgrace yeah. from Steven Gerrard. He got he got an awful lot wrong in in that team selection on the first day. And really, I think that game was actually his downfall. In in the end, I think that was the start of it really falling apart. For him, but Carlos has been a been a huge miss all season. He, he he would have been that option. I suppose Villa lost Bednarek as well and didn't didn't really didn't really replace him. I know he hadn't really played. Would he say if we'd have kept him around? Would he would he have played yesterday? Do you think rather than Chambers? Um, yeah, I mean possibly came in for the Fulham, Fulham game today. Yeah, I'm just I think he's at a similar. I, I I would say he's at a similar level to to Chambers perhaps, but um, mm. you know he's that. That sort of fourth choice choice defender who doesn't really improve what what the what the other on the other three. Um, I think Villa do need to be careful. You know, if if they don't if they don't keep Mings, and again we we don't know at this stage. We're just speculating whether he will whether he will stay for 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 longer or whether he will go. But I've seen the way Wolves, you know, lost lost 
kind of Cody and he's he's a similar type of character in terms of the yeah. influence that he has on a team when he's playing um and Wolves suffered massively didn't they without Cody's presence and have had to sign um now Craig Dawson to try and fill the gap but they've they've brought in other defenders previously who hadn't quite um tried to go a different so, road in the young the younger road yeah, which you know which is fair enough it's fair enough if you want to be a be progressive and 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 go on to that next level. That's fine, but sometimes the grass isn't always greener, and you've got to realise the players that you've got actually are better than people that you can bring in. I, mean, I think Villa's record when he doesn't play tells me everything that, that I need to know about what Tyrone Mings offers Aston Villa. He, he should be yeah, back next week, shouldn't he? Actually, I th- yeah. So he's got a, a slight thigh strain. Um, usually, you know, these are the games where these type of injuries that he picks up, um, he's played through the pain quite a few times, and you know, really battles to get himself out there and and sometimes puts himself um you know in a position where he, he's playing with a slight injury but he's just so desperate to help the team this one was just a little bit too much for him um so you know he'll be assessed at this uh, he'll be assessed this week and hopefully be, be fit for arsenal yeah, by the time we need to send you on holiday to be honest to get a bit of three points again we send you back back on are you are you there right the more, are you there on the more saturday i think about it it's just it's so frustrating because like i just always seem to be talking and writing about defeats and i'll go on holiday and i miss the big the great run of uh the great run of victory wouldn't a fair few games when you're in thailand mate it's, 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 it's a bit it's, 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 it's a bit of correlation here but are you, you you're there on saturday uh, yeah, yeah, it's the early oh, well, Villa Park, isn't it? Yeah, we'll write that one off then. Absolutely nothing going to happen at Villa, at Villa Park on Saturday. But Greg, I've enjoyed talking to you again. It's good to have 1874 back. Good to catch up with you. And I'm sure Villa will win a game at some point with, with you there. But yeah, we might be asking this question again next week. Although it's not it's another, not a great game, is it, again? Although Arsenal have stumbled a little bit in, re- in recent weeks. So maybe a good time to play there. I'd fancy... If I was the Villa team, I'd fancy playing Arsenal more than I fancy playing Man City at this point. Yeah, so home, I think it might be a bit different. Um, yeah, I just hope, I hope the fans get behind them. I think they're going to need that because the atmosphere hasn't been great in in the games that I've been to at home and Villa have lost, which you can understand when 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 fans lose uh, when when the team loses, fans are disappointed. But they're going to need that atmosphere to sort of get behind them a little bit. Yeah, well, brilliant. Well, thanks thanks for chatting to me again, Greg. We'll be back every Monday with the 1874 podcast on the Villa View, so do watch out for that. Subscribe to the channel with your personal notifications on so you know exactly when the video is coming out. And as I mentioned at the top end of the show, we are on Spotify, we are on Apple Podcasts, we should be everywhere now, I believe, with video on Spotify as well now. So if Spotify is the way you ingest your content, then do try and check us out on there as well. Get those numbers up on Spotify. Thanks to Luke Roper for sponsoring us. If you use the code TVV20 at checkout, you'll get 20% off everything good that they have to offer on their store. We'll have other content through the week. We'll be back with the two match preview shows later on in the week. But until now, take care. Up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.